Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the next episode of Silver Screens in Politics. My name is Brett David Stewart, and I am joined, as always, by my wonderful partner in crime, Dominic Chikoki. How are you doing? It's been a couple months, but I've been doing good. How are you? I know. Well, it's really only been a week for our listeners, so they don't know, because we canned so many episodes before we actually released them. Yeah, this is true. But we did have a big lull, but we're now back. But unfortunately, well, fortunately, our listeners did not have to deal with that lull. And this week, the film we are going to be discussing is Broken Promises. The United Nations at 60. I'm going to go ahead and read a brief description of it, and then I'm going to pass it on over to Dominic to explain why exactly we're watching this movie this week. I will say this is probably going to be a short episode, so we apologize if it is. It's a short movie. The movie's a little bit over an hour, and frankly, there's not a terrible amount of substance, but that's okay. We're going to do our best. Uh, The history of the United Nations highlighting the gap between the good intentions and ideals of its inception and the sad reality of its present state of inefficiency and corruption. It was directed by uh, Kevin Noblock? Sure. Sure. There's a silent K in his name. And Ron Silver, who you, of course, might be familiar with from a variety of films and television shows, including things like The West Wing, Time Cop, uh, The Entity. He was in a variety of different things. Unfortunately, died in 2009. But, Dominic, why are we watching Broken Promises? Well, when we first put the show together, Donald Trump was not our president yet, which, you know, happens. And so after we had our first few episodes, I was planning ahead of what we would watch next. I wanted to include something with Mr. Trump in it, President Trump. And so when I was looking through his um, appearances on various movies and documentaries and whatnot, I was trying to go for something that was a little bit off the beaten path and like that actually featured him, hopefully, and not like so not a, Home Alone. Yeah, so something that had him like with substance, right? And since this is a this is a documentary like produced and like distributed by Citizens United, I thought it was going to be like a very interesting uh, little time capsule because it's from like 2005. And Citizens United is um, known now for their 2010 court Supreme Court uh, case, and it's Donald Trump with Citizens United, and that seems like a very weird historical thing. Absolutely, but unfortunately, Broken Promises, which we did not know before watching the film, even though it puts him in top billing, literally on IMDb and on the front cover of the documentary. Yeah, Ron Silver's first, and then Donald Trump. He only appears in it for... Two minutes? Uh, two minutes, maybe, to, to complain about real estate, essentially. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. But it ended up, I think, being fruitful because it did have a lot of the background on the United Nations, which, of course, includes the accomplishments and failures of people uh, like, uh, you know, FDR and, and the presidents that followed after he created the United Nations. So this film's a little over an hour. <sighs> it's... It's produced by Citizens United, so it's... So what was the audience? Where did you watch this movie? I believe it was probably like one of those... Not one of those, but like probably an earlier propaganda film if you were more of a conservative-leaning kind of person or like a right-wing kind of person. I'm just wondering where you saw it, though. It had a budget of $300,000, which is not a lot of money, but probably enough to do something like this, certainly. I um, think it had a premiere in D.C. somewhere or something like that, and I think they sent uh, Congress people DVDs. Oh, okay. So this was less uh, historical documentary and more so propaganda piece that we can ship off the teachers and congressmen. Yeah, I uh, I was looking into the release date because I was trying to figure it out for myself. And I, yeah, I think it was it was kind of complicated, like... There was a premiere of some sort, and then they were shipping it out to people either before that or right after that. 
Okay, well, that, that lends some context, because one thing this obviously does, and it alludes to it in the title, is Broken Promises the United Nations at 60 is an odd way to celebrate a birthday, because it focuses heavily on the failures of the United Nations, primarily in conflicts like Israel, which it focuses a hefty amount of its time on. Like a, like a third of the movie is about Israel. Exactly. And then also it focuses on Rwanda and Somalia and... Uh, Bosnia. Bosnia's in there. Cambodia's in a little bit. Right, right. And... And then the last part's very strange. Like, it's like almost thrown in at the last minute. About their, um, at the time, new building. But we'll get to that. Right, and that, of course, is where our, our, our current president gets into, the, gets into the fray, and it actually was quite a bit of a uh, controversy at the time. Now, Ron Silver, I want to talk a little bit about Ron Silver, because when I first heard his voice in this film, he does narrate the film, and he co-directed it and uh, helped executive produce it. Yep. I hear his voice, and I at first I think Al Pacino's here, but that's not the case. Uh, it is Ron <laughs> Silver, and again, I think probably the most recognizable thing he was in was The West Wing, and... He is a fascinating figure to me when we looked him up and found out a bit about him because Ron Silver was a lifelong Democrat, supported mm-hmm. Bill Clinton, uh, and supported, uh, you know, Democratic candidates. Uh, I guess Bill Clinton would have been the most notable Democratic candidate sure. during his professional career sure. because he didn't support the Republicans before Clinton. Uh, but then after 9 11, he had a very heavy change of heart. He ended up moving on to supporting George W. in a number of endeavors, which not only alienated him from his White House, uh, not his White House, his West Wing White House uh, cast, but also allowed him to enter the fold into different uh, different organizations and different, different committees that George W. Bush was a part of. He ended up having a little bit of a collaboration between him and there because because he looked at the the groundwork of what allowed 9/11 to happen was a democratic groundwork was it was it was a Bill Clinton presidency issue that was then uh you know laid to waste under under George W. Sure. And now to be I want to be clear about this because I think this is actually also very interesting in that like this is not a Stephen Bannon Dinesh D'Souza joint where it's heavily, heavily, heavily biased to an almost insane amount of like propaganda and bias against like Hillary Clinton or something like that. It doesn't like attempt to be that heavy handed. It still is a little bit heavy handed, but I would say it's a little more fair. It's 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 reasonably fair. I don't know if it is a clarion call to action, which is how they describe it on their website right now. But uh, <laughs> but the thing I want to talk about is that like Ron Silver being this kind of guy who switched parties and everything, he was still able to get a We should certain... we should note he didn't switch parties, he became independent but Sorry. supported Bud yeah. W. But yeah, essentially yes. But like he was able to get people who were relevant to what the document the, the documentary was talking about, people who were there at these events that he just that the film discusses. And Donald Trump. So he was able to get like either high named people or people who were important. Which is some more... people were so important that their lower left just kept changing. <laughs> but like the point is like this is this is um more not if not a higher budget, at least more of like a an attempt than a lot of like the Dinesh D'Souza, Stephen Bannon joints, I think, do. Yeah, I, I think it's entirely fair in many aspects. I, I was looking at, at who they brought in 
uh, to to talk on this film, and it included several generals, included people who had worked as peacekeepers for the United Nations. People were actually highly critical of the United Nations, obviously. Uh, included uh, a congresswoman, uh, Liana Ross Lanetine, and also developer Donald Trump, developer at the time. The congresswoman um, was also importantly a uh, Cuban immigrant, and they talked a little bit how she has she's relevant because she is from communist Cuba. And that informed her, like, um, beliefs about the U.N. Exactly. And then also survivors of genocide who can relate their firsthand accounts to the U.N.'s performance and fulfilling its charter mandate of preserving and defending global human rights and preventing war. So the idea of this film was to highlight that the U.N. needed a top-to-bottom reform because the U.N. initially was put together... Uh, Almost at a, and this I will actually grant them is, is fair in the film. There are many things unite the UN does very well. The UN, without the UN, a lot of humanitarian aid would not happen across the entire world. But there are some systemic problems when your organization is built with four people, one of which is Stalin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of which is one of which is one of the leading uh, human rights abusers of the of the 20th century. And that is problematic. And it seems like in this film, and I actually learned a bit from this, that there was a systemic issue with that moving downward because you had a lot of c- countries, whether that be uh, Iran or communist China or Cuba, that were becoming part of UN coalitions for human rights, which seems inherently flawed. And there was like, a, like they were saying, like you really couldn't sanction these people because they were a part of this group. Am I right? You couldn't. Well, the problem was that they they would get voted against often, but they were afraid to tell them anything that would upset them because they were part of these significant committees within the UN. So that's you know one of one of the peacekeepers was talking about how the UN can't be run properly if every decision is um, problematic because you don't want to upset the U.S. or you don't want to upset Russia or you don't want to upset... I actually don't know if Russia's a part of this film necessarily. Right. but Or you don't want to upset China or Cuba. That these are problems. And, and I actually understand that and I see that and I sympathize with that because they're looking at these peacekeepers in the film and the peacekeepers are going off to countries like Somalia and you know in one country, in Cambodia, they'll be facilitating... Uh, uh, an election which right. is something that they're reasonably trained to do and then they'll move over to somalia and all of a sudden they're they're organizing military intelligence right and this they're is not, not trained to do right this is something that they have really no idea and they have to rely on people who are essentially just volunteers exactly so i understand a lot of the criticisms of the united nations in this film i don't think it's entirely fair i think it's i think it's i think it's naive to say the united nations as a whole has been entirely ineffective over the course of 60 going on over 70 years now i don't think that's fair the united nations again it does provide an immense amount of stability and humanitarian aid but i agree that there are probably a lot of issues with the way that they're running conflicts on the ground for example in a place like rwanda during the rwandan genocide i get that uh and i think this film does a reasonably good job at doing that because it does bring in a number of relatively informed sources uh and what dom and i were joking about earlier is there was one source that was an author and he was also a a member of a coalition or something like that he was someone who's very i guess intelligent in these areas like he was and they, and they kept showing him with a different lower third right uh, <laughs> they kept giving different sublines he was an author of this book then he was like a member of this council or something like that it kept changing mm-hmm. and, and and i think i think criticism of not hand, handling genocide can be fairly 
uh, nonpartisan. And that is actually something that one of the peacekeepers pointed out, is that this should not be a party issue. Now, the Israeli thing kind of is a party issue because they talk about the United Nations and its involvement with essentially creating a a Jewish home state uh, with, you know, uh, the Six Day War. And that was interesting to me (laughs) because they spent a lot of time on that. I mean, they essentially are like uh, the UN created a two-state policy, and then it's been that's been a problem ever since, right? And they're exactly. not doing anything about it. They're just sanctioning Israel as their argument, exactly. And also, they're they're uh, they built the they built the wall in the wrong place is something that they were arguing that that there would be no well one thing it argues in the film is that there'd be no Palestinian no Palestinian conflict if the wall was moved a little bit, right. I disagree. <laughs> and I think we're going to find that out real soon. Oh, I, 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 uh, I totally And agree. actually, I was hoping, I was hoping that Trump would pop up during the talks of the Israeli gate fence. That's what I was hoping. Unfortunately, he did not. But he did appear later. Let's talk a little bit about that. First, I want to ask you, though. Oh, yeah. Do you think people have properly mined everything he's been in? No. No way. Like, I feel like if we kept going down this rabbit hole, we might find something. Oh, certainly. I mean, that's how we found the, you know, grab them in the blank tapes. And that, that's why I wanted to see this is like, is there anything in here that could be very interesting or like, you know, anything like that that would like be like, uh, like noteworthy? Sure. And essentially what he talks about is the United Nations was building a new facility in New York. Right. And he was and, uh, and there was something like a billion and a half on it, which everyone in the, in the documentary was saying, like, you can't spend that much on a building ever. A billion and a half dollars. And so Trump comes on. It's like his only like clip, basically. And he talks about how he was he was calling to them. He's like, oh, I like the United Nations. It's a good concept. And he's coming, like, saying he went to them. And he's like, I can save you a billion dollars. And they said no. Right. Exactly. Now, now, keep in mind that the documentary points out that about 25% of that funding would come from American taxpayers, hence a lot of disruption over building that building, because this was a building that was largely funded by Americans. But one thing I found interesting about Trump's appearance was uh, he he talks so similarly to how oh, yeah. he does now. There are people who say now that he has changed in the recent years, that his speech has become more incoherent or something like that. And that's not true. It's not. Uh, and, and in this film, there's a moment where he says, I love the United Nations. They do a great job. They, you know, they do lots of great things, but they're terribly mismanaged. It's, you know, it's really a disgrace. And yeah. I love it because like literally uh, a minute or so after he says he loves them, they're, they're now a, distra- a disgrace. And that is quintessentially Donald Trump in his rhetoric. And I mean that as, 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 as objectively as I can watching Donald Trump. He has a tendency to jump around and switch sides even amongst the same comments. I mean, it's the classic, uh, it's the classic technique of giving someone a compliment before you really lay into them. Exactly, exactly. And and he's very, very good at that. Uh, I love Macy's ties. They're great, uh, but they're, they're dead to me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was some, that was one of my favorite uh, quips he had during the campaign trail. And Macy's so, ties. am I wrong, or did he, like, call the, like, the director by his name in the interview? Yes, he did, alluding that he, he doesn't need, he does indeed know Ron Silver. And, and that's one of the unique things, is that halfway through this movie, and this is purely a film thing, 
usually you make a decision when making a documentary. Right. You make several decisions. Like, are they going to look at the camera? Are they going to look off to the camera? Are you going to see the director? And is it going to be a conversation? Or are you only going to show the answers? Those are all questions that you answer while making a documentary. And usually once you pick that, you stick to it. Right. This movie doesn't do that. The first three-fourths of the movie is all... Uh, to the camera responses. Or like just slightly off. Just or slightly off. Yeah. In the ballpark. Like which is fine. general documentary interview stuff. Exactly. And then just inexplicably it just starts showing Ron. And so, like and, and then it's never interesting either. It just cuts to right. him and he's just like nodding, shaking his head. And there's no reason for it. I was arguing during the interviewing that okay, so he starts coming on when we talk to the uh, survivor of the Rwandan genocide. It's this uh woman who's talking about her experience and like how she was had a hideout and I was hunted down. And I think that he initially appeared there to be interesting and sympathetic, like, Oh, like facilitating in case she got emotional or something like that and could not continue. But then he shows up with Trump. Right. So I think, <laughs> I, I think at that point they were like, well, it works. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. But the funny thing is, I think those are the only two interviews in which you actually see him. I think so. Cause I think they filmed them later. <sighs> He is, because he, keep in mind, he's not actually, even though IMDb says he was credited as a second director, the film in the credits says he only directed certain segments. And those might have been his segments. Who knows? Right. Maybe maybe it was a separate film unit. I mean, that's it entirely possible. Like it might have been a separate film altogether. You don't know. It's entirely possible. And those are weird interviews. Like, like I don't know. They're, they're weird. Like, the, the Trump interview is weird because he's taught, you can, it's clear that him and Trump had had a longer conversation oh sure and some of that context feels like it's missing so like the interesting thing about that segment of trump's appearance is that for most of the film it talks about the un getting started in the 40s and then like how it breaks its promises and different conflicts yada yada okay that makes sense that's a theme but then for this one it kind of just jumps the ship into like oh by the way they're building a building and they're using too much money right and, that the, and that's essentially the end of it, because at the the entirety of this, it's talking about these failed endeavors in, in Israel. It's talking about these failed endeavors in Rwanda and in Bosnia. And if they want it to be a, quote, clarion call to action, a call to action has a resolution of some sort. Oh, sure. It says, here is what we could do to potentially fix this. And the film never does that at the end. It does explicitly say that people being interviewed, at least some of them, like, I do not want the UN to be, like, gone. I do not want it to go away. I want it to be fixed. Right. Like, they specifically say they want the UN to live up to its goals and objectives of its charter, but it doesn't specify how it can go about doing it. Because I don't, th- I don't think anyone would dispute that the UN is, like, no organization that attempts to <laughs> wrangle that many countries is going to be perfect, or even going to be successful in a lot of the things they do. I mean, I think if, if this was made today, it definitely would be like, I think the UN should be demolished, blah, 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 blah. Perhaps. I, I really think it would be. You think be. so? You, like, think, you, think, think, you think Citizens United is at that point where they would just lay into it? Not even Citizens United, just like the people they would probably get to do it. Because I feel like the rhetoric has come to more extreme levels since 10 years ago. That's fair. Everything so instead has. of taking like the middle road like that, they're going to be like, well, it should be demolished and something. Maybe maybe something new should start. Maybe it's nothing at all because we don't want the globalists to win. The globalists. <laughs> can we... Can this movie happen again, but with Alex Jones doing all of the interviews? And Steve Bannon producing it? Oh, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, I'm just so upset, but you know what? We have these pills, and they're on Infowars.com slash store, and they'll build you up in your body, and they'll make you feel really, really, really good. It's the testosterone levels, everybody. They're putting it in the waters. It's turning the frogs gay. And then, like, how, like, Dinesh D'Souza directed it, and it's going to be like, <laughs> he's going to be traveling to all these countries and trying to learn about what happened, and it's all going to be really bad recreations of it. I would love to see a documentary that attempts to put Alex Jones in the place of a diplomat. <laughs> but also Dinesh D'Souza, because that's the important key factor. Sure, sure. To move on a little bit. Uh, so, this film doesn't offer a call to action. It says it does, but it actually doesn't. There's no resolution that is proposed at any point in this film of how it these commissions within the UN could be improved. I mean, it could talk a lot about here is how you could train these people to do the job that you're actually sending them to do now that you know this is what they're doing. Because granted, I think one of the problems in the early 90s with the UN was that they had all of these humanitarian issues across, uh, you know, Africa and, and, and uh, the you know, Northern Africa. And Northern and, Europe or Eastern Europe. And right, that, yeah. Eastern Europe. And they didn't know how to handle it. And it was moving so quickly that you would be shipping people from Cambodia to Somalia and they just had to make do. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I can entirely fault them for that because I don't think that was an inherent, uh, like over oversight. I think it was, this is moving so quickly and the nature of humanitarian crisis is we have to do something and we have to do it now. Right. Let's ship the people who are met, who are doing a peaceful election in Cambodia and get them over to Somalia. I don't think this would necessarily happen again. I mean, in a way, using modern language, it's kind of like a white privilege thing. Being like, oh, these people, they did successful in this one thing. Let's just put them in this other situation. We're sure to do fine. It has like this naivete of just like... Everything's going to be fine. We know what to do. We're like these people who know what to do. I, I get not making myself clear, I guess, but it's kind no, of like, you. it's kind of like, you know, the people who like go on missions and stuff to third world countries, not really knowing what it is. And they just do it. Yeah, no, certainly. Certainly. I mean, this is, I don't think you can dispute that the United Nations have had turmoil trying to accomplish their goals. But I think it's incredibly naive to make the argument that they're an entirely inefficient roadblock of a of an organization oh sure but that's what this film attempts to make and at the end of it it doesn't actually make any sort of resolution whatsoever now there have been a couple you know movements around this film for example stand with us supporting israel around the world they started showing this film all over the place in 2006 with exclusive screenings of the film broken promises following discussions with human rights scholars and activists and uh, and also, it must be awkward to be there for Israel and then to sit through forty minutes of Rwanda and Cambodia <laughs> right. and Donald Trump. Right. Uh, let's. Is the website still live? BrokenPromisesMovie dot com. I'm going to click on this. It's we should also talk about, by the way, the cover art, which we usually like to talk about. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, I, give I, us a rundown of the art and also the DVD menu. And keep sure. in mind, this whole entire DVD is in 4.3 because no one has bothered to remaster this or even put it in widescreen. So I say this without any um, like disparaging intent to Caitlyn Jenner, but when I see this cover, I always have like, this micro segment where I think it's Caitlyn Jenner on the cover for some reason. And it's just like some woman, I think she's Muslim. She has like a, some sort of headwear. And she's just looking out a window, and she looks sad. But it's a very <laughs> and it's unclear. very grainy. It's a, it's like it's not a good photo, and it's raining. 
and it's like very foggy and it's just kind of like they blew it up without really accounting for the fact that that the picture doesn't work when it's blown up like that no no it does not uh, so that, that's it, on the that's on the front cover that's like i think that's kind of like the poster image they were going for like this is the disappointment that we feel or something like that right exactly. and so it has the it has the uh title at the top and then uh, on the bottom, underneath the woman's face, you have like the the credits, you know, narrated by Ron Silver, featuring Donald Trump, former Senator George Mitchell, stuff like that. And it's very like blank, non-specific text, like kind of just amateurish almost. Oh, it's very amateurish. Like all the all the font is like Arial. Right. It's not. It's <laughs> not like how you would reduce a DVD in general. Like, it's not like a standardized um, production or yeah the. Duplication process, I guess. I don't know how you say that. But. So I have, I have good news and bad news. Okay. Brokenpromisesmovie.com is currently offline, but I went to see if I could buy the domain. Yeah. I can't buy the domain because Citizens United renewed it a couple months ago. Wow. Uh, so they've been renewing it yearly. I don't know how long the website's been down. We could probably find that out on archive.org. But uh, they renew it, and someone named David Bossy, and we have his email and phone number. Of course, you can get this publicly <laughs> on any registry um but yeah uh it's expiring in august of 2018 so maybe if we're real lucky we can buy broken promises movie.com no yeah sure that sounds like a great idea i think so so let's let's just round this out is this a movie you would recommend why or why not i would only recommend it if you care about the un and like a and you're like a scholar or a buff of the un so i think anything regarding that would be up your alley yeah, because it is fair. It is pointed. It is pointed, and the interviewees are very specifically chosen to provide that context. But so, so, is, any, so is any documentary. Oh, well, not all documentaries. Some of them are just kind of bad and incompetent. Sure, but like a, a lot of political documentaries are pointed in some capacity. Sure. Yeah. I, I can think of some that are a little strange enough, but that doesn't matter. But um, other than that, though, I don't think you're going to get much out of this. Like, if you want to see Donald Trump in something, you can do much better. Home Alone. His WrestleMania videos. Yeah. (laughs) And frankly, like, Home Alone is going to give you just as much context as to who he is as a person as this film is going to. And his WrestleMania videos. And his WrestleMania videos. Uh, So, yeah, I, I very similarly, if you are writing... Here's what I'll say. If you're writing a paper, if you are a college or a high school student and you are writing a paper about the UN, this could be an interesting source because you could pull quote from any of the academic sources that they have on And then you'd also get like Ken Kane, who was one of the peacekeepers. You could get General Dallier, who was in, uh, I think, Rwanda? Yes, right. He was like the leader of that uh, UN peacekeeping mission. So purely as an academic resource for looking at parts of the UN and the failures of the UN, I think it's valuable. I don't think it's valuable as an all-encompassing... 60th birthday party for the UN. Or even I don't think like it's a, entirely fair to it. Or even though it's like a propaganda documentary, it's not very efficient It's not either. a very good propaganda documentary either because it basically ends on, please don't let them build this building. It's It, like, it tries to be both fair and academic in a propaganda documentary. And it, it doesn't really achieve either as a result. Exactly. Exactly. So, sure, sure, just sure. <laughs> sure. If, if you're writing a paper, skim it that's my review of uh of broken promises following next week we're just gonna watch broken the really bad angelina jolie movie yeah sure no what are we watching next week okay next week we're gonna watch the we're gonna watch another kennedy movie we're gonna go back to uh, john kennedy for a minute 
Okay. Not Joe Kennedy, John Kennedy. And instead of doing like weird low budget or like just documentary weirdness like we've done before, we're going to go for like an actual known Kennedy film. JFK? No. Okay. We're going to look at, so, so for a little while now, we're going to be looking at some contemporary related movies that are, if they're not contemporary, literally, they have themes that are contemporary to right now. Okay. So I'd like to look at 13 Days from 2000 about a president in crisis. And this movie uh, looks at the uh, Cuban Missiles Crisis from like what it was John Kennedy and his administration is it doing. A, is it a documentary? No, it's not. It's a, it's a biopic? Oh, and kind of. It's more just about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Okay, I see. Okay. Like, what was John Kennedy and his staff doing? How were they? Who, how plays, was, who plays JFK? Uh, I don't remember, but you I know. tell us more about it. I'm going to Google. I know Kevin Costner's in it. It's another Kevin Costner JFK movie. It's in his contract. <laughs> um, so, I've like, my parents really love this film, so they've been urging me to watch it. I feel like this is as good of opportunity as any to watch it. Okay. All right. It's like two and a half hours, so get ready. Apparently, John F. Kennedy is not in it very much. It's actually more of the story of the pilots, I believe. Oh, Bruce Greenwood plays Kennedy. Sure. For those unfamiliar, that is Captain Kirk's dad in the newer Star Trek. I think he still plays Kennedy, too. I think he's still in, like, stuff that does that. Once Kennedy, always Kennedy. Look Career at, defining typecast. Look, look at his um, IMDb and see. Is there anything recent with Kennedy? No, he's played a bunch of doctors. So he gets type. He 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 played someone called Fishface. Oh, good. Um, lieutenants, and then and, and then just essentially a Star Trek. Okay, looks cool. I'm looking forward to it. If you want to follow along, you can of course do that. Thirteen Days came out in 2000, directed by Roger Donaldson. So check it out, and we will be back next week with that film. Dominic, it was a pleasure. Where can people find you online? What are you up to? You can find me on Twitter at D-A-C-I-C-H-O-C-K-I. I'm not doing much right now, but I'm always on Twitter. Right on. You can find me on Twitter at Rivers Rubin and on my website, BrettDavidStewart.com. Those are the best places to get in contact with me. And, of course, you can find us on TiltingWindmillStudios.com and check out Silver Screens and Politics. We'll be back next week. See you then.